رادیو رومی Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Radio Rumi. I'm sitting in my sitting room. It is a Friday afternoon, rather late afternoon, in the beginning of the fall season. And my gray cat shadow is sitting right next to me. I'm enjoying her company and hoping that she will not make a big sound by dropping something or jumping or making a loud meow and be a part of our conversation quietly. Talking about conversations about Rumi, I must say one of the funnest parts of preparing these podcasts is for me to think about what am I going to talk about this time? And believe it or not, This is not a question because there are a shortage of topics, but on the contrary, because there are so many things that we can be talking and thinking about that picking a topic is rather difficult. With that in mind, I decided this time to speak with you about God in Rumi. Or maybe we can put it as Rumi and God. Now, part of the reason why I'd like to talk about it is because there are so many different views about him. He has become quite a global figure, as I'm sure you all know. And many people ask themselves, did he believe in God? If he did, how could he remain such a universalist? in the sense that it seems like what they believe in or do not believe in is totally in line with what he's telling them. Or sometimes people ask themselves, what did he call God? How did he imagine God if he believed in God? Now, first of all, I should tell you that I do believe that he did believe in God. And he did speak about God, but as you will see in this episode, that may be in surprising ways, in ways that some of you may have not imagined, or some of you may have. The way he referred to God 
were really not always the same. Sometimes he used the Quranic names. In the Quran, the holy scripture of the Muslims, God has 99 different names. For example, Rahim, the kind, or Vadud, the loving, and many other. In fact, there is even a word Jabbar, the one who has all the force and can use all of that force or uses all of his force. Depending on what Rumi is talking about, he does go to that Quranic reservoir of names which are all descriptive. In other words, each one of them describes God in some form or fashion. Some other times he just simply calls God Khoda, which is the Persian word for God, or Allah, which is the Arabic term that most Muslims, regardless of what their native tongue is, know because that is the word for God. Sometimes also, and this is quite often, he uses poetic terms like Noor, light, or Ishq, love, or Haq, the truth, or for example, Haq Ta'ala, the truth supreme. And some other times he just simply calls God Dust, which in Persian means a friend. Now, none of these poetic descriptive terms for God are Rumi's inventions. These exist in the Persian poetic tradition. Some poets before Rumi used them, and many, many poets after Rumi continue to use them. This multiplicity of thinking and talking about God introduces a kind of complexity to his views and his approach to God, which make it quite difficult for the person who's reading the poems and listening to them, particularly if that person is not an insider to the tradition that is not familiar with these words. Sometimes translators try to smooth out these concepts that might be uh, unfamiliar or a little bit confusing to listeners. I think that we should keep these complexities, in part because they say a lot about what he thinks about God, but also because they are extremely rich and layered, and the way he chooses to use these particular references to God depend very often exactly on the kind of subject that he is speaking about. If he's talking about how expansive and how present God is, he would refer to Noor or sometimes even Aftab, sunshine. God, the truth supreme, is the sunshine or the sunlight. He shines on everyone. And some other times he may be talking about love and separation. Then he would use the word ishq, 
or deuced. But I want to point to something else, which I think is probably even a bigger difficulty in dealing with these aspects of God as Rumi talks about them. Maybe this is not a difficulty and in fact is a very fascinating and enriching trait of his work, but nonetheless it introduces complexity. And that is, he expects you, you the reader, you the listener, to be the discoverer and the decision maker as to what he means by any of these terms. So often he speaks about the fact that we should not just give in to interpreters. Yes, expert interpretation is important. It's kind of a guiding light. But once you expose yourself to more and more, reading about a poem, listening to it, following various interpretations, he wants you to take it upon yourself to be that interpreter. And I'm sure you have sensed this earlier on as he talked about other subjects, nothing to do particularly either with God or with holiness, etc. All right, so let me start with following up exactly on the topic that we were basically touching on a little bit and that being the vastness, the expansiveness of God, and the fact that things, and I want to emphasize things, the simplest of things around you, each one of them have a little door or a little window in them that when you open them, you know the secret of that thing. And believe it or not, and I'm going to read a poem in which he talks about all of this. If you open this window five times on any of these things that are around you, you're likely to see five different things. And the main reason for that is that a lot depends on who is looking. And every time you look, you are a different person because your feelings, your thoughts, your knowledge, all of that changes with time, which is a great quality in the life and in the inner psyche of human beings. Now, with that in mind, listen to this poem. Here, he gives us different stages about this opening and looking into the mystery of things, and then we will see why he is even referring to the mystery of things. The first stage. Hin ke manam bardar dar bargoshaw. Hin ke manam bardar dar bargoshaw. Bastane dar nist neshaune reza. The line basically says, Hey, it's me. I'm here. I'm knocking on the door. Please open it. If you don't open the door on me, I feel you're not happy with me. So in the first stage, we are knocking and we are expecting somebody else, maybe from the inside or maybe wherever, to open the door for us. Then he takes us to a second stage in the same poem. Dar dele har zarre, tu rao dar gahi ist. 
نگشایی بودان در خفا In every particle around you there is a little window unless and until you open it the main mystery and inner meaning of that thing would be lost on you نه که منم بردر بلکه توی راه بده در بگشا خیش را so inspiration maybe a little inner thought maybe discovery because he actually loves discovery and he thinks it's a very important part of our existence something inside you tells you you are not knocking you're the one who's inside open the door so that process of you knocking and expecting to open the door changes completely and then because this is a difficult concept to sense to feel he gives an example omat kebrit bara atashi goft boruna bara man dil bara so this little matchstick came to a fire and said come on out come on come close to me surat man surat to nist lik jumle to am surat man jun ghata so the matchstick that despite its smallness in fact was very wise said to this big fire i don't look like you i'm not the size of you but my appearance is misleading in fact it is like a curtain that covers the reality of me suratu ma'ni tu shavam chun rasi mahshavat surat man dar laqa so the mystic still telling the fire my appearance and my inner meaning are going to totally change in fact they're going to disappear in what in our true embrace in our true seeing each other in other words the mystic says the moment i get close to you i'll catch fire and then i won't be left in my current existence i will be you otash goftash ke burun aamadam az khod khod ruy bepusham chera so the fire said oh i'm coming out this instant why should i cover myself from myself and then the beloved the god that we are talking about the holiness the holy presence whatever way you choose to describe it says dar dil to jumle manam sar be sar suy dil khish biya marhaba dil baram o dil baram ira ke hast jauhar dil zade daryaye ma so here he uses a phrase or rather i should say a word that's very popular in persian and it's very helpful to him here and that is the word delbar delbar means beloved but literally it means the one that takes your heart that grabs your heart that takes it away so god here says to this being yes person i am the one who catches the heart i am the catcher of hearts so your heart is mine or i and your heart are made of the same substance in the same way that the matchstick and the fire 
were made of the same substance. So that is a very typical way in which Rumi speaks about God's presence in everyone's life. We and God are of the same material, but we have forgotten that. We are so occupied with everything that happens in our lives that we forget our nature. And God says, take this journey, come in my direction like that matchstick, and I am the fire that would light you up, that would become a very important part of your life. Is this journey easy? Is it very obvious? Is it something that we all know about? And you know, talking from Rumi's perspective, keeping his words in mind, he doesn't think that this is an easy journey or too obvious, but he thinks each one of us has a seed of it inside. And the good thing is that he always is trying to give us a key to that treasure house, to that, maybe I should say treasure box, inside us that holds that divine, that holds God, that holds the truth, or whatever else you call it. What are these keys? Now you will remember that I have talked about the fact that Rumi is entirely against sadness. He believes that sitting in a corner, being sad, is not something that you should let happen to you. Because what it does is it takes away the movement. It makes your wings, your body, your muscles, and spiritual muscles all get tired and weak and unable to take off. Which, in order to make this journey, you need to be able to do. So the keys he gives us are joy, happiness, intoxication, which therefore means music, it means laughter, it means love, it means being with friends, it means opening up to the world. از آسمان آمد ندا که ما رویان از سلا. Okay, here are various stages as well. Nobody jumps suddenly to the very last stage, unless, of course, there is some very unusual moment of epiphany, of connection that, of course, happens to all human beings. The line says, oh lovers, oh lovers, and it's, Really interesting that to begin with, he starts by addressing us as lovers. So that's a given. That's something you should never, ever want to be without. Oh, lovers, oh, lovers, it's time to see the beloved. Time for union. As Osman Ahmad Nadal came Mahruyan Asala. This welcoming sound, Asala, is when they call you to come to sit, to eat with them, a group of people or an individual. From high up in the heavens, this beautiful sound is coming, saying, O oh, moon-faced ones, come on in. So, lovers, it's time to see the beloved, because if you listen, if you know how to listen, you'll hear a welcoming voice. 
ای سرخوشان ای سرخوشان نه نکستم ای سرخوشان ای سرخوشان آمد ترب دامنکشان بگرفته ما زنجیر او بگرفته او دامان او intoxicated ones happiness is walking in our direction we have to hold on to the string that is throwing in our direction and it tarab shadi will reach to us and hold on to the bottom of our skirts so if we reach to happiness happiness will reach out to us even one stage further amad sharab atashin ایدی و غم کنجی نشین ای جان مرگندیش رو ای ساقی باقی درا that fiery wine شراب آتشین is here oh the demon of sorrow it's wonderful isn't it sorrow is a demon is ugly you don't want to have anything to do with it so ایدی و غم کنجی نشین oh the demon of sorrow go sit in a corner In other words, don't come anywhere near me. A John Margandish row, a Sorebari Dara. My soul, my life is addressing his own sense of life. He says, if you're constantly thinking about death, that is about ending, about sorrow, about sadness, leave, go, make room for who? Sorebari, the cupbearer. The one who comes and offers you that sharabal tashin, that fiery wine. Ey bange nauye khosh samar, ey bange nauye khosh samar, dar bange to ta'me shikar. Ey bange nauye khosh samar, dar bange to ta'me shikar, ayat mara shaum o sahar, ayat mara shaum o sahar, az bange to buye wafa. He plays with this language in so many ways that I'm afraid I cannot translate because phrases end and begin and they get connected together and then a new phrase comes in but is still connected to the previous one. And here music is inviting music inside. My musical friend, my flute, I see sweetness in your song. And every morning and every night when I listen to you, I sense wafa. Now, wafa is a concept that Rumi really loves. And that is appreciation. Appreciation for life, appreciation for friends, appreciation for something that somebody did for you. Basically, knowing how valuable all of these things that we have are. So he's now talking to the music of the flute and is saying that when I listen to you, Morning and night, morning and night, I can remember and sense loyalty, appreciation for life. And then he says, Bawretegar agaz kun, Bawretegar agaz kun, An pardehara saz kun, Bar jumle khuban naz kun, Ay afda bakhushlaga. Start singing again. Start singing again and play those wonderful tunes. Oh, my beautiful, sunny, beloved. Let me recite this one poem one more time for you. 
ای آشقان ای آشقان آمد گه وصل و لقا از آسمان آمد ندا که ای ماه رویان از سلا ای سرخوشان ای سرخوشان آمد ترب دامن کشان بگرفت ما زنجیر او بگرفت او دامان ما Oh lovers, it's time to unite with the beloved. From the high heavens comes the sound of welcoming, saying, welcome, moon-faced ones. So we are moon-faced ones here because brightness is also a sign of love and connection with whatever is the sacred. Oh intoxicated ones, happiness has come. We are holding to its string, and it is holding to our clothes. Amad shara ba'al tashin, ay div gham kunjin nashin, ay jawn margandish ro, ay saqi baqi dara, ay bang nao ya khosh samar, dar bang to ta'me shikar, ayat mara shaw masahar, as bang to buya wafa. بار دگر آغاز کن آن پرده ها را ساز کن بر جمله خوبان ناز کن ای آفتاب خوشلقا So the fiery wine is here oh, The demon of sorrow Get out of here Go sit in a corner Oh my soul Stop thinking about death About ending About sorrow Invite in the cup bearer And listen to the bong The sound, the tune of the flute. Oh, my beautiful flute. Your music is as sweet as sugar. And when I listen to you, morning and night, midnight, anytime, in other words, I listen to you, I can sense connectedness, appreciation, and buffalo. Now, we are actually getting just to the meat of what I would like to say about God, and it seems like I'm already getting close to talking about almost close to half an hour, or maybe exactly half an hour. So let me end with the specific topics that I would like to follow and take us from this beginning that I had with you to the main topic of God are these particular concepts. We seem to expect God to be a person. So from what I have been quoting for you, that doesn't seem to be what is holy and supreme and all-pervasive the way Rumi is talking about it. We also seem to expect God to be the one who tells us what is right and what is wrong. And I don't think it would be right to say that Rumi does not have that dimension to his God. Yes, God is the source of justice and goodness. So what we can learn from it, the guidance that comes from this holy source, what is right and what is wrong. But ultimately, it is us who has to make these decisions. Also, we seem to think about God as the one who rescues us, as the one who comforts us, as the one who punishes us. And as I will tell you in the poems that we will follow in the next episode, which is a continuation of this one, 
Rumi appears to be thinking about a force of goodness, a force that could be all-pervasive, present, loving, transforming, but all of that depends on if and when we allow it to happen. He sometimes also seems to be thinking about God as a process. I know this sounds a bit strange, but really it seems for him to be thinking of stops on a road, a journey, a process that takes place in our lives, in us. So with that in mind, I am going to invite you to listen to the second episode of Rumi and God to hear more about this. In the meantime, let me leave you with that beautiful quote again. Haq ta'ala aftaubast barhamegan mitaubad. The truth supreme, God is the sunlight. He shines on everyone. Maybe I should say it now after speaking about the fact that we cannot imagine God as a person. But let's get back to Rumi. This force of goodness is the sunshine. In our lives. Bari bebini. Just take off some of the multiple layers that you're wearing on top of each other. If you do so, you can enjoy the sun. Next time, we will also talk about what these layers may be. Also, we'll read to you many more poems in which he talks about God or manifestations of God as he acknowledges them. Till then, goodbye.